we're starting a, a five-week series called Uncomfortable. And, uh, and one, one of the things that I have found myself doing is by... We've been now in the UK for nine years, and um, God has really blessed us with you guys as a church. God has blessed us with a great family here. But living out a Christian, as a Christian in, in, in Bristol, I find sometimes myself being very comfortable. And the things that used to be a challenge for me in Albania are not anymore a challenge. So I have to go back to Albania four or five times a year in order to remind myself of those challenges. But what, what I want to bring out of this series is that um, as a community of faith, as, as, as a community of people who love God, in one sense we are called to be in an uncomfortable position. So, so this, this series is inspired by a book that I've been reading called Uncomfortable. And it's, it's, it's the awkward and the essential challenges of Christian community. And um, we're going to be doing five different themes. Can I have the next slide just to give you um, a, an idea of where we're going? So today we're going to, to be thinking a little bit about what does it look like to embrace the discomfort. Then next Sunday, we're going to talk about the, the uncomfortable cross. I'm going to be thinking about Jesus bearing it, but also what does it mean for us to bear the cross. Then for the Covenant Sunday, what does it mean to be part of an uncomfortable community with different people, different personalities, different gifts, and how, how do we embrace that? What does it mean then to be parts, and how do we how do we challenge the comfortness or the, the comfortness of our Christianity in the 21st century? That's the following Sunday. And then we're going to finish in the first, um, I think, uh, second Sunday of February by what, what does it mean to be countercultural with our comfort? So this is where, where we're heading. And, and actually, my prayer is that in this, in this series is that we as Cairns Road are going to meet God in a special way. That we're going to be challenged, but not only remain challenged, but do something about it. Uh, when we were praying earlier on about what's going on in the social realm and the political situation, I think there is a lot of things that are going on there that, that are really uncomfortable. Some decisions, the, fut the unknown of the future is uncomfortable. And that's why I said earlier on that we as a church um, find it difficult to find a voice that what does it mean then to be a church in this, in this particular time, for such times as this. And I, I, I hope that through this series we, we will be able to find that. We will be able to, to respond to where God is calling us. And we will be able to, to see, God, if there is something that you want us to do as Cairns Road, we want to take the cost of being uncomfortable for the sake of your kingdom. So let's pray together. So, Father God, we commit ourselves to you 
And I commit my heart to you as well as your servant. And we say, Lord, that we want to hear from what you are to reveal to us afresh from your word. And we want to be like those people that not only hear the word, but respond to it. So, Lord, we want to say that, I want to say that my heart is ready to be sown by seeds that give life for your kingdom. And if this is uncomfortable, Lord, I confess that I'm not very good with that. So would you reveal Jesus afresh to us? Would you show us the way, since you have promised you are the way, the truth, and the life? And would you empower us that in the midst of uncomfortable situations, that we are able to stand up and to shine our light and be the salt for the people, for the society, for this world that needs you. Would you bless your word today, Lord, as we read it and as we contemplate it and as we meditate upon it and as we take it in our hearts, Lord. And would you be glorified by the way that we worship you in our response. In Jesus' name, amen. What makes you comfortable and what makes you uncomfortable about church? Now, if I was to, to go and, and have a roving mic, um, we, can, we can do it in one of the coming Sundays. But what I just wanted for us to think this morning, I'm not going to do it today. Um, what is it that makes you comfortable about Cairns Road? And what is it that makes you uncomfortable about Cairns Road? What is it that makes you comfortable about the church in the UK? And what is it that makes you uncomfortable about the church in the UK? Now, when we look at the other churches, it's very easy to get on the judgment seat and they say they're doing this wrong and they're doing that right and they're doing this and that and that. I'm not asking for that kind of exercise. Can I share some of my things that make me comfortable and uncomfortable? Um, so, for example, one of the things, I'll start very positively. One, one, yeah, yeah, for once. <laughs> one, one of the things that makes me very comfortable when I talk to people about Cairns Road is that, that they know that there is a, a very outward-looking community here. So the moment I say Cairns Road, Noah's Ark comes as part of the conversations. Cafe comes part of the conversations. Youth comes out part of the conversation. Uh, different, you meet people randomly, and, and they know, oh, yeah, yeah, I know about. And so, so for me, on, on that positive note, I think what makes me very comfortable to say that uh, I'm part of Cairns Road is that I know that we've got a very, well, we've got a good reputation um, 
with, with people that use um, activities and services and they're part of uh, weekly and stuff. Now, another thing that makes me comfortable is the fact that whenever I've met people who have come for the first or second time is that they say that they're very well looked after and they felt welcomed when they came to Cairns. So that's one thing that makes me comfortable. Um, what else have I written here? Yeah, different ministries. Um, so, for example, talking about um, the Follow the Star. That makes me very comfortable because I know that people who have come here, they've taken something from it and they've really engaged with it. So, yeah. Now, some of the things that make me uncomfortable. Um, I think one of the things that makes me uncomfortable is that although we are very good at welcoming, I don't think we all are very good at being looking out for the first person or second person that comes and is new. And this is not this is not this is not um, a judgment, but I, I'm comfortable. I'm very uncomfortable the idea that maybe there is a group that goes out and looks for, for, for those people. And then the other thing that I'm uncomfortable is that um, that when we when we when we gather as church, and I am part of this, is that we've got an assumption that if we've got newcomers, we've got an assumption of the language that we use. As I said, I'm part of this. We've got an assumption that people, especially those that come new, we've got the assumption that they know the biblical narrative, and therefore we, 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 we talk with things uh, that don't make sense to anybody, and therefore they cannot connect or they cannot engage. Um, also, we've got, I think, one thing that I'm uncomfortable is that we've got an assumption that we understand what the mission of the church is in this day and age, but we don't do anything about that. Another thing that I'm uncomfortable with is that as a church which is, uh, which is in the middle of a very affluent middle class, but very multi-ethnic neighborhoods, the majority of the congregation is white. And it's not that I, I say that, again, as a criticism, but I'm thinking, God, you're God of the nations. And somehow, and I'm not, I'm not saying that Cairns Road should be International Church of Bristol. I'm not, but I, 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 I do think, and this is my comfort, uh, not with you guys, but with, with God, saying, what, what is it then that is, that is with us, white, middle-class, uh, Westbury Park, church. Um, one thing, let's finish on a positive note. Uh, one thing that I'm very comfortable with is that we are surrounded by people who are very caring. And the way that we journey and we come alongside people is really assuring. And I think that's, that's for me, it tells uh, millions, and I, I, I speak from my own experience here. 
I don't want to speak about anybody else, but I have felt that the times that I have needed support, whether prayerful or, or physical or any kind of support from the church, God has led different people or different situations for me to be embracing in order to celebrate that we are part of a church family. So I look, I look back at this eight, um, well, eight or nine years that we've been here, and there is moments that I feel very comfortable, and there's moments that I feel uncomfortable. There's moments that frustrate me because I'm not getting it, and there's moments that frustrate me that you are not getting it. And there's moments that I think, come on, Church of God in England, in Bristol, we can do, and it's not about doing, but we can engage with much more kingdom stuff than just sit every Sunday in a warm church, 21 Celsius, and we say, we love you, Lord. Maybe this 22. But what is it then that God can do through us? And the reason why I say this is because not I have got high expectations. I do have high expectations. The reason why I say it is that God has got a plan for the church. And actually, it's God's church. And it's exciting to be part of this family. And God can do much more than this through us. But we need to come out of our comfort zone. So what are the things that make us comfortable? What are the things that make us uncomfortable? So we're going to, um, as I said, this series has been, has been kind of encar- encouraged me by reading a book. Sorry, I've been encouraged to, to start this series by reading a book called Uncomfortable by a guy called Brett McCracken. And the next slide has got one kind of saying from his book. And it says that church should not be about being perfectly understood and met in our comfort zone. It should be about understanding God more and meeting Him where He is. This is uncomfortable, but a beautiful thing. And I want to start, well, I want to start, I, I want to resonate with Richard's prayer in the beginning that he says, God, dare we open our hearts that your fire fall down. Church shouldn't be about being perfectly understood and met in our comfort zone, things that we do and we are comfortable with. It should be about understanding God more and meeting him where he is. This is uncomfortable but beautiful thing. We're going to open our uh, scriptures in the letter of 1 Peter, chapter 2, and we're going to read by, uh, from verse 4 to 8 and expand a little bit on that. So Peter is writing to this group of believers, and first of all, he is exhorting them. So the first analogy that Peter uses in chapter 2 is the exhortation for them to desire the milk of the Word. And to, 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 to put their backs to malice, envy, uh, slander, and all those bad things. But just desire the pure 
thing of the milk. And then he jumps on a different analogy and he talks about the spiritual house. So that's what we're going to be thinking today. What does it mean for us as people of God to embrace these comforts and yet be a living spiritual house? So there we are. First Peter chapter 2, verses 4. I'll read till 8. As you come to him, the living stone rejected by men, by chosen by God, and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through the Lord Jesus. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now, to you who believe, the stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, and a stone that causes men to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. So here we've got Peter, and he is very passionate to see the God's people grow. But in order to grow, discomfort, uncomfortableness needs to happen. And, and, and Peter is saying that actually it's not just with finishing and you becoming a Christian, that's it. He's saying, no, no, because you have embraced this journey, because you have embraced Jesus as the Lord, now there are things that, that are for you to do. There are things for you to embrace. And one of those things is that comes very clearly. As you come to Him, the living stone. So this is something that is it's a very conscious decision that the church needs to do. It's a constant decision and a conscious decision that we come to Him. And in order for us to be in that place of being in center of God's will, we as a church make the decision that, no, we want to come to Him. We draw near to you. We come to you because, again, we've got a mandate. And the mandate of the church is to bring the kingdom of God. And we have nowhere else to resource the energy and the power and everything that we need, we need to fulfill that mandate. And Peter is saying, come on guys, draw near as you come to him, the living stone rejected by man but chosen by God and precious to him, you also like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So, the journey that Peter is in inviting his readers is not a journey of comfort. The journey that Peter is inviting his readers is a journey of, of discomfort. So there is, there is a cost. There is a cost. 
So we, we say we all like growth, we all like changes, but they all come with a cost. And sometimes this cost is, is, is really costly. It's expensive. It's pricely. So what is, what is Peter saying here? Um, I've, I've, if you look at the passage, there are three, or, there are three main um, Old Testament scriptures that have been quoted between verse 4 and verse 8. And, and the recurring word that comes over and over again is the stone. So Jesus being the stone and then us being invited to, 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 to draw life, to, to engage, to, to, to participate in the living stone. So one of the things that, that, that we, we were encouraged here is to participate in the life of the living stone. And you look at the life of Jesus, of all people who should have had a comfortable life in this earth for being God, was Jesus Christ. You look at the model, and you look at the life, and you look at the outpouring of his ministry, and you think, well, this doesn't fit with a picture of comfort. Birds have nests. Foxes have holes. But the Son of Man has not got a place to lay his head. And isn't that what summarized Jesus' ministry? Isn't that that when he wanted to, to, to take some, a break, still crowds were following them, him and the disciples, and yet Jesus didn't leave them. But we read in scriptures that he, he had this gut feeling, this compassion for them to reach out and say that I am the bread of life. Whoever eats from me will never grow hungry. Isn't that the life of discomfort when, you, when we're going to look a little bit uh, next Sunday more, when Jesus is, is preparing his disciples for three years and they cannot comprehend how this, this guy is going to end up in the cross? They resist it. They resist the idea that Jesus has to go. Isn't it uncomfortable to have a nation who's been waiting for Messiah for many, many years to come and rescue them from the Roman powers? And he comes and he doesn't do the job that they've been waiting for. Let's go a little bit further. Isn't it uncomfortable for the church who's taken the message, they've met with the resurrected Christ. They've engaged with Him. They, they've been given this mandate. And some of them are having to give their lives because of the choice that they have made. And the staggering thing about that is that the same story continues on the 21st century. The guys who were beheaded last year, the name that was put on them with the orange, if you remember that scenario, was the people of the cross. 
And I'm not saying this that we need to, to be thinking of extreme cases. But what I'm saying is that in, in this world, in the Western culture, when we are predominated by consumerism and we're predominated by I, 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 that we do not allow room for discomfort. What if this scenario where the British church, the UK church, is in with Brexit is a moment of discomfort for us to rise up to the bar to preach and to demonstrate and to, to bring kingdom in the lives of our community. Can we trust God for that? Can we rise up to the challenge? Can we say, God, yes, whatever the outcome is, we are going to be the church because we are the church. We are the hope. We are the bearers of light and salt. Rescue us from our comfort zones. And I don't say this lightly because, as I said when I prayed, who doesn't like a little bit of comfort? I'm the first one. But God's kingdom and in His economy is that you see in the church history that whenever there were moments of growth, whenever there were moments of transformation, when there was moments of, of people coming to Christ, the church was in big trouble. The church was in uncomfortable situations. I've seen it in the church in Albania many times. When we, you know, and again, I, I say that for Bulgaria, that one of the things that, that I see now that has rise from the church in Bulgaria is that because they were put in this uncomfortable position, the church said, no, we, we must not go back to communism. We need to rise up. We need to continue to say that actually God's witness is still here. Maybe we've gone a bit dormant, but no, no, we're still serious about God's kingdom. We're going to do something about that. But the key thing is that each and every one of us and the church participates with a living stone. The moment we carry on being stones on our own, we're just going to be a bunch of pebbles. But when we participate, when we say we want the living stone to give us life, it's very interesting what Jesus does here. He is building you into a spiritual house to be holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So when we participate with the living stone, what Jesus is doing us, He's building us into a temple for the presence of God. Do we want that? Dare we say that? Because He is preparing us for the presence of God. And we know from all sorts of Scripture passages is that wherever the presence of God is, there is life. There is transformation. There is death. 
There is kingdom. So do we want that then? Do we want to be built up as a spiritual house to be offering living sacrifices? The verses above talk about what are some of the deadly sacrifices. So he's saying in, um, in verse 1, malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of any kind. These are all the deadly sacrifices. But if we participate with the living stone, then the church is being built up for a place where the presence of God is, and the living sacrifices become very natural. Because what's happening here is that instead of malice, if we're participating with a living stone, instead of malice, we're going to have love. Instead of deceit, we're going to be talking about the truth. And truth and love go always together. But it doesn't go like the saying that I'm going to say you truth in love. No, no. It's not like that. It's truth and love because we are being resourced and participating with the living stone who is the source of love, who is the source of truth. Hypocrisy becomes authenticity that we all come to Christ as broken people in need for Him, in need for His power, in need for His presence, in need to be holy because He is holy. Where envy becomes joys of the success of others. This is countercultural. When slander becomes encouragement, this is countercultural because we have decided to participate with a living stone. So the question is do we want to participate with a living stone? And if we say yes, then do we want to be uncomfortable? And that's a question that I leave with you as we look into the series. Because it's a question that you need to grapple with God. And that conviction needs to come from the Holy Spirit, not from Maki saying, giving ideas here. Although I'm hoping that I'm preaching God's Word. Do we want to be a spiritual house that is giving, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God? I'll finish with this last thing. Do you see how Peter really has got his, his what a finger on the pulse here? Because he says... You offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And what that means is that it is Jesus who covers all our inadequacies. Um, pardon? Inadequacies. We talked about the accent earlier, didn't we? All our inadequacies that we find ourselves doing, Jesus covers them all. And that's why we need to have this participation in the living stone. Do we want to be uncomfortable?
because we have met with God? I'll leave that question with you to be thinking and praying for us as individuals, but for us as a church as we look into this series. But God's Word has challenged us today to participate in the living stone, to be able to be a temple where God's presence is present and we are acceptable living sacrifices through Christ. I want that for myself and I want that for you. And I I believe that God wants it for us as well. Otherwise, it would not be in the Scriptures. Let's pray. Lord, I, I, I realize that I've spoken a little bit, maybe too much about uncomfort and discomfort, and I realize that not only you are a good, good father, but you are the father of every comfort. But you know my heart, Lord. You know the heart of my congregation. And Lord, we long, we dare say, your spirit fall in here. So would you work in our hearts this week that as we grapple with the idea of uncomfortable, that your spirit will reveal to us things that you want us as a church to be engaging as we participate with the living stone. That you will reveal to us, Lord, things that are comfortable, that have nothing to do with your kingdom or have got very little to, that that we will be able, Lord, to give them to you and say, God, we are your church. We want your presence in our life and we want this presence to be reaching out. And as much as we are awkward, awkward, that this is part of our DNA, of what it means to be people of God. And as we look, Lord, in the months ahead with Brexit and not Brexit and deal or no deal, Lord, we say that if this is the way that you want us as a church to be uncomfortable, would you prepare us? Would you show us? Would you sustain us? Would you help us, Lord, to be found faithful in all the areas of us trying to be a church who honors and has Christ at the center? In Jesus' name. Amen.